Section 9 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. Section 9 The Girl in the Tigress. This is a story that has been often told and I confess I did not believe it when I heard it in 1895, in the district where it happened. Long afterwards, in 1908, Mr. G. Tilly, who had been the district superintendent of police on the spot at the time, told me he held a local inquiry, and was so completely satisfied of the truth of it that he recommended the payment of a reward of 100 rupees to the girl, and the deputy commissioner and the commissioner agreed with him and the chief commissioner of Burma sanctioned the reward, which was paid. In the absence of any motive for rash credulity on the part of these officers, this might seem enough. But I happened to be acquainted with Mr. Grant Brown, who is now the deputy commissioner of that district, called the Upper Chindwin, and wrote to him about it. He replied on 21.209. I remembered the incident quite well, as told in the Rangoon Gazette, and should have included it in my article on Burmese women if I had been able to remember more of the details, but I had no idea that it took place in this district. Curiously enough, the very first person I asked was the headman of the village where the thing happened. He could give me no details beyond those you mention. The heroine is dead, and as I thought I was sure to find an account of what happened in the record room, I did not make further inquiries. A search has been made, however, without result. The article mentioned is Mr. Grant Brown's article in The Women of All Nations by Messrs. Joyce and Thomas, published by the Messrs. Cassell lately. Failing to find the record of the original inquiry held by Mr. Tilly, which had perished, as a thing no longer needed, in a periodical destruction of papers, Mr. Grant Brown had a new inquiry held, and the vernacular record of it is now before me. I sent a set of interrogatories, which have been answered by Ma Shui an eyewitness, and the headman of the village and another man, who were soon on the scene, measured the tigress and did everything else that needed to be done. None of these persons has any motive for misstatement, and the chance of mistake is infinitesimal. That time has not altered their stories I can myself testify, for what they say tallies with what I was told in 1895. Readers can now see how my doubts have been removed, and must be impatient to know what it was that I was so slow to believe. As Mr. Tilly tells me the newspapers merely gave more or less abbreviated versions of his report, I have not referred to them. The scene was Sagtha village on the Chindwin, an upper Burman tributary of the Irrawaddy, in one of the districts that form the southern fringe of the mountains between Burma and Assam. One day, in 1894, three nut-brown girls set out from Saitha to cut firewood in the forest, making for a likely place they knew, a little southeast of their village. They carried one or two heavy knives or choppers, like butcher's cleavers, such as are common in Burman houses. Now, if there had only been a man with them, or even a big boy, he would certainly there and then, in going and coming, have walked in front, bearing a spear or da, a big curved knife like a sword. 
what makes it needful to mention a thing so obvious to us who have lived there is that Englishwomen sometimes resent, as degrading to their sex, the oriental custom that makes the man stalk in front, whereas a little reflection would show them, when familiar with plain facts of this kind, that there are reasons for it honorable to human nature. It is not as a master that a man, who is a man, precedes a woman, or goes into war, or business, or politics, but as a pioneer, protector, provider, and in short, head-servant. The old maid, at whom Dean Ramsay made us laugh, because she thought a man was perfect salvation, was moved by a wise, inherited instinct, far different from what simple, sophisticated persons have hitherto supposed. On this occasion there was no man at all, and in the absence of any natural protector it was, go as you please. A tigress in the bush saw her chance. The lightest-limbed and lightest-laden of the trio was a little girl, Mintha by name, who ran on in front. The tigress seized her and carried her away. There is a lot, at times, in etymology. An Englishman who knows Burmese would tell you that Mintha means prince, or son of an official, Min. But, as written in Burmese, without a long accent on the Tha, and pronounced like an ordinary English word with a stress in front, the name Mintha has another modest meaning which you may discover from a dictionary, but can only, with difficulty, persuade a Burman to tell you. It means better than an official, a name curiously recalling the kind of names that were common in England in the great days of Cromwell. We know what judges can be made to do, said Selden grimly. We know what officials are, the Burmans have been saying for centuries, and they class them with thieves and plagues, perhaps with more emphasis today than ever before. So Mintha is an unpretentious name, and so common that the little girl who bore it had probably never thought of the meaning of it, and would certainly have referred you to her mother if you had asked her about it. She was perhaps eleven years old, but small for that age, this brown little maiden whom they called better than an official, and swift and silent like a dream, the tiger stepped out and picked her up and carried her away between his teeth, as a cat does a little mouse. Her older sister, Mwe Win, which means silver blossom, a girl on the verge of womanhood, about fourteen years old, was next behind her and beheld her taken. She quickly turned to the third girl, Shuayu, or grain of gold, who happened at that moment to have a chopper in her hand, and, snatching the chopper, little Silver Blossom ran at the very top of her speed after the tigress. She overtook it, and lifting the big knife high above her head with both hands, she brought it down heavily on the animal's head. It dropped little Mintha, better than an official, and stood as if it were stunned. It was easy to see the need of keeping it stunned. Silver Blossom knew that that was her only chance. So, hammer, 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 cut succeeding cut, the little Burmese maiden killed the tigress. Grain of Gold was the only other person near. She always said, and says still in 1909, that she did nothing but look on. The village headman reported, and still reports, that the animal, which was shown to everybody in 1894, was a full-grown tigress in the prime of life, measuring eight cubits and two mics. 
A cubit, in rough village measures, is still the original cubit, from the elbow to the farthest fingertip, and a mic is the width of a clenched fist with the thumb standing out. So eight cubits and two mics can hardly be less than eleven or twelve feet. But the villagers measure along the curved outline of the body, so we may conclude the straight measurement was eight or nine feet. The soft brown skin of better than an official had been broken, and she was a little hurt on the back of the neck and on one arm. But these injuries were so slight that it is likely the tigress meant to give its cubs the pleasure of playing with her, instead of which, better than an official, saved by her sister and quickly cured of her scratches, is now reported to be living at Cooley Village, Mingan Township. The sister, Silver Blossom herself, was quite unhurt. She became, deservedly, the pride of the countryside, but died of a decline ten years afterwards. If her adventure appeared in a romance, one would smile at the absurdity of the author who expected to be believed for a moment. Yet, after carefully questioning everybody concerned, Mr. Tilly, who is a man of sense, believed it at the time and has never doubted it, and Mr. Grant Brown, after a new local inquiry, believes it, and so do I. Let readers please themselves. It may assist them to a right conclusion, to remind them that Michelet has shown that Joan of Arc seems stranger to us than she really was because we are ignorant of history. Her performance was glorious for herself in France, one of the most glorious episodes in the history of the world, but all the same it was only the superlative of many similar doings of brave French women. Precisely in the same way it has to be remembered that, like hens emboldened to fly in the faces of dogs, or boys in defense of chicks, many girls in charge of brothers or sisters have been known to surpass belief in their feats of devotion. So Silver Blossom was not odd in the sense of being peculiar. She was like other brave girls, only more so. At the same time, it would be wrong to minimize what she did. It is the exact truth to say she expanded the range of human possibilities. Think of a Burmese child doing that. Let them who know no better explain the miracle. The man who ceases to wonder at it does not understand it. I frankly admire the girl and have no explanation, unless it be one to quote the hymn, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. A pious Quaker's phrase would have been, God moved her. If there is in English any better name for the living spirit of the universe that surged in her heart and nerved her arm, it is not known to me. But, as a good Muslim imam of my acquaintance once remarked to me, there are many names for God. End of section 9. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.